Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi everyone, my name is Claire O'Shea and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Today we are back with another interview on the show with a fantastic and talented Carissa. Carissa is the creator and owner of Full Out Business Solution and her company's mission is to help gym and studio owners eradicate debt, become permanently profitable and gain clarity and confidence over their numbers. So just a little bit more about Carissa before we jump into the interview. So from a young age, Carissa has been heavily involved in dance, cheerleading and gymnastics. She is super passionate about these industries and believes wholeheartedly that they can have an incredible impact on our youth. Krissa had run a successful cheerleading and gymnastics program on a military base in Japan and upon returning to the state, she had decided to switch from cheerleading coach to business coach. She'd been an accountant by day for the past 10 years and felt it was time to merge her passions for sports and business. Krissa came to the realization that she could combine her passions and knowledge in gymnastics, cheerleading, as well as accounting. And having similar accounting structures and business models really allowed her to develop a unique expertise to provide tremendous value to her customers. So now Krissa helps other dance business owners obtain the financial freedom and security necessary to get them back to loving and living their passion rather than having their bank account drive their programs. So I'm super excited to interview Carissa. So let's dive straight into the show. So thank you so much for joining us today, Carissa, and welcome to the Business of Dance podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So let's dive straight into it. I already read about your bio to our listeners before this interview started in the magical world of music and podcast editing, but I'd love to hear a bit more about your dance story or, you know, the background to your, how you started this journey. So how and why did you first get into dance as well as sort of cheer and gymnastics? So I started dance and gymnastics um, at a really young age, around two or three. Um, And I kind of continued both throughout childhood until, as you know, when you progress in these sports, um, you need to spend more time on them. And my classes started overlapping and interfering with each other. And so my mom said, you got to choose one or the other. Um, So I stopped doing dance and I stuck with gymnastics. And I did that until... um, probably about 11 or 10. And at that point, I um, switched over to cheerleading at my school. Mm. And at the time, my coach for cheerleading at my school, she opened one of the first all-star cheerleading programs in my state. So that swept into the all-star cheerleading world and it kind of, it stole my heart and (laughs) I I went away and um, went into that industry. And I cheered through high school. I did a little bit in college. And when I was in college, I actually went back and coached for my old gymnastics studio. So that's how I got into the coaching side of things. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, to be honest, like you said, like I remember I had a similar thing when I was younger. I was really into netball as well. And it just got to the point where I was either missing games on the weekend because I was at competitions mm-hmm. or like I had to sort of let down someone and it was just obviously not right. So my, yeah, mm-hmm. I had to pick as well. Um, 
obviously I think I picked right. <laughs> I don't think I was going to be any, any netballing school as I grew older. But, yeah, it's tricky when you're little to try and decide. But it's good mm-hmm. to hear that you obviously – and you probably still love watching cheer. I think cheer is really obvious maybe a bit bigger in the States. It is popular here, but I think it's growing where yeah. I think it's very well established established in the States. It, it is growing incredibly fast in the States. Um, oh, as I well. Like, okay. And it's changing so much just from the time when I cheered and what, what teams are doing nowadays and stuff we would have never thought of even trying back then. And so it's really oh. cool to see how it's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. And like you said, I, I know this is probably like a really – silly generalization but like my first intro to like cheer in general was like bring it on (laughs) and I was and like I can those movies I was always like oh like bitchiness aside I just loved watching the routines Mm -hmm. Um, but I think even like you said like the stunt work and they are gymnasts and acrobats and dancers now Mm -hmm. it's like such a a mix isn't it they have to be so skilled and strong it's crazy it does yeah. and it does involve a lot of the gymnastics and dance in it and I think that's why I loved it so much because it kind of True. combines everything mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so in your bio again we talked about you working um and being around a military base so what was it like working overseas as in doing that and how did it differ from running you know when you were working as a coach in a gymnastic and dance related program in the states yeah so I actually lived in Japan for four years um, and on a military base there, as you said, mm-hmm. and it was, it was such an amazing opportunity. Um, it's a really tight knit community there. Um, it's, it's unlike anything I ever experienced before, Yeah. but at the same time we were very limited. So mm-hmm. we could only bring kids into our program that had access to the base. Yeah. Um, and we didn't actually have any dedicated practice space. We had equipment that we had to store off to the side and we had to pull it out every time we wanted to use it. And then when, you know, basketball season came around or volleyball and we'd get kicked out of the gym and we'd get moved somewhere else, um, Mm. you know, because we didn't need the hoops and the things that were necessarily in that area. So it was definitely different in, in that aspect of where, you know, we, we were very limited and we had to get very creative in what we did. Um, but it was, it was such a great opportunity to compete. We got to bring the girls to quite a few competitions and I was surprised at the number of programs in Japan that are in all-star cheer and also all-star dance. Competitive dance is very big over there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was neat to watch and kind of see the different styles. Um, we definitely, I think when we compete against other teams, we had more of an American style. Mm. um but Absolutely. it was just the girls getting to see each other and meet each other and yeah fabulous awesome so after that you'd obviously moved back to the states where you're living now and you sort of transitioned into more of an accounting and finance type business which you have now but what was your biggest motivation when it came to switching careers and combining your love for both you know cheer and dance and pr- pretty much the creative arts as well as accounting and finance so when I lived overseas, I actually did both. I had a full-time job in accounting oh, okay. and then coached in the evenings and mm-hmm. on the weekends. And it was fun while it lasted, but I think it kind of, it definitely burnt me out. Um, yeah. And I was ready for a change. And 
we moved here to the States, but we didn't know how long we would be where we were moving to. So I didn't want to open a studio or open a gym and then have to leave it right away. Yeah. So I went back into the accounting field, but I really missed being part of that industry and being part of those programs. And I noticed a lot of programs um, closing their doors and shutting down um, a lot of times because of their financial situation. And I really believe in what the industry can do for the kids and the youth. And, you know, one, one more studio that shuts down is one less place for those kids to go. So I really felt that I could take my knowledge and my accounting background and really start helping this industry that I'm so passionate for Mm -hmm. and helping them, you know, keep their doors open and move forward and, and follow their dreams as business owners and also, you know, create these spaces for their students. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And like you said, it's always kind of like when you had to sort of pick between dance and gym, then you moved into cheer, you are combining things that you love to Mm -hmm. kind of create a career for yourself that is sort of, you know, perfect match made for you. So can you tell us a bit more? So your business name, Full Out Business Solutions, can you tell us a Mm -hmm. bit more about the services you provide and who your sort of ideal clientele is? Yeah. So at the basis of our services, we offer bookkeeping. Um, Bookkeeping is essentially just a lot of people think of it as um, like a a data input. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of evolved from that with accounting software nowadays. A lot of it does the data input and the the, um, transactions on its own. Yeah. Um, But we keep an eye on everything and we'll double check everything and we'll reconcile your accounts to make sure that your numbers are correct. Because if you don't have correct financial numbers and financial data, then anything you do with it beyond that is going to be incorrect as well. Yeah. So we start at the basics and we start with the bookkeeping, making sure that's correct. Um, With each client, we then meet with them on a monthly basis and we run their financial reports. Mm. And We'll go over them with them though, because I know a lot of times you hear these terms and you might hear the term balance sheet or profit and loss or income statement, but if you don't know how to read it and how to understand it, it's really not going to provide any value for you. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. We'll break it down and we'll help people understand and see where they're at and then also help them to get to where they're going or where they want to be. And I really think that sort of consistent check-in is what um, a lot of people are missing and probably myself included is that, you know, we have an accountant um, who's great, but I really only talk to them when things are due and like around tax Mm -hmm. time versus them being a bit more of like a fine, not a financial advisor, that's a different role, isn't it? But more of like a, okay, well, this is where we're at now. If this is your goal, these are the things that we've got to do or, you know, you should look mm-hmm. at cutting back here. Like just even some suggestions is something that I think a lot of people don't have at the moment, but I do think it's like a, well, it should be a priority because um, I do hear about a lot of studio owners and I'm sure you do as well, who talk about not making enough money or being in debt and things like that. So it's one of the best ways to be able to really track that and right. get your business to a place that is financially viable and, um, you know, really creating a career for you essentially. Right. And so that's one of the things we try to do. I like to think of it as we're more proactive where your typical accountant or maybe a a tax accountant um, or tax preparer is more reactive where they see what's happened in the past 
Mm. Whereas I'm looking in the future and trying to get one step ahead of it. Yeah. And I think that's really cool too. Cause I know for me personally, like sometimes I can get a bit, not overprotective, but you get, you get your back mm-hmm. up a little bit when someone's always like, well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And it's like, well, I don't know. It was eight months ago. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? like I've moved on now. I'm sorry. We that's, probably shouldn't have done that. But at least when you're moving forward, it's more like goal setting and trying to create like a strategy to sort of hit those targets, which I think is a, even though sometimes we do have to reflect and it's not always positive, but I think if it can be a little bit more, it's definitely more uh, of something that you want to do on a monthly basis versus being told that you're spending too much money or, you know, you're not making enough money. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's really cool. And what would you say, you know, from your experience, is there like a biggest mistake that you see studio or dance business owners make when it comes to managing their finances? Yeah. And it actually kind of tying into what we were just talking about, um, Mm -hmm. being in the blind, you know, not knowing your numbers or even if you know them, not understanding them. So, you know, not knowing how to use them and how to manipulate them correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That I like, I know I'm getting better and I'm proud to say that, but I definitely don't think that it's my strength and I would hazard a guess that that's, a lot of the case for a lot of people. Um, but it is, you know, as the business owner, it's up to you to sort of take charge. So that's really cool. So that's sort of the biggest thing that you see them not do wrong, but maybe sort of brush over or have little mistakes. But what is there like, do you have like the, your top tip or the top three things that you could do to improve your business finances? It's like, what's your sort of go-to um, recommendations that you give people? Um, so the first one, and this this sounds counterintuitive, um, but pay yourself. I know so many business owners who put all their money into their business and into paying their employees and they they don't have anything left over to pay themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to know your worth and know your value and know that you're the one who took the risk and took the responsibility of starting this business. And if you don't pay yourself, you're going to burn out. You know, you're, yeah. you're not meant to do this to work for free. So, you know, you need to pay yourself first, but also in knowing your worth, know the worth of your business too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people undercharge um, yeah. and they're afraid to, to show, they know the value that they have. They know what they're worth, but I think they're afraid to put it out there. Yeah. Um, so make sure you're really explaining to your clients and, and to the parents of what your value is and what you're worth. Yeah. I 10,000 times agree with that. Mm-hmm. I do see like conflicting opinions about the pay yourself thing. I am a huge mm-hmm. advocate for it. I think if you know that you pay yourself this much and then, you know, your team members or staff members get this much, well, you, you, you have a minimum that you have to meet. So it sort of makes it a priority, like bringing in that income. But um, I know as well, like when I first started, I didn't do it because it was just me and I was trying to figure it out. But for me personally, like I think my mom a couple of years ago was like, look, you really need to start paying yourself a wage. Let's mm-hmm. do that. And I was like, all right then. Um, and then when I went to go get my mortgage for my house, they were like, oh, you have to wait another three months because you've not had consistent income. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. I hadn't started it those years before, I would have had to wait even longer. So it yeah. is, I think, something that, well, I didn't really think about, oh, you know, in five years' time, I'll want to be getting a house. It just right. sort of, you know, I'm just starting. But I do think that's really important. And on, yeah, and I do see like, conflicting views where it's like you know pay you got to pay everyone else first and I 
a hundred percent agree. You need to pay your wages first. Like that's your mm-hmm. number one priority, but I think you can include yours in that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we've all been there. I've been there myself. You're, you're so passionate about it and you just want to see it. Mm. Your program get up and running and get off the ground. And, but it's important to also just take a minute to step back, even if it's, a, you know, $10 a week or a hundred dollars a month, something to get the ball rolling and to get you yeah. into that mentality of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, yeah, I think when I first started paying myself, I was getting like $6 an hour where in Australia, like I think the minimum wage for like an adult is like at least $19. So it was, mm-hmm. it was very under, but it was a start. And then yeah. I worked up from there. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's a really important. And following on from that, I did see on your website as well that you also provide a service for debt solutions, which mm-hmm. I think is really amazing. As I know, like some business owners, especially those starting out who might've took out a loan or something can be in debt. So what would you say would be the first step to take for those wanting to start paying off their debt or to speed up the process? So the first step, um, you have to know the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we often do this with our personal finances as well. You know you have debt, but have you actually laid it all out in front of you and seen what your debts are and then mm-hmm. get a plan to pay those off? I don't think debt is necessarily bad. Sometimes it yeah. is necessarily, especially when you're a startup. Um, but I do think the quicker you can pay it off, the better. Yeah. So you need to, you just need to be aware of what your situation actually is and actually look at all your numbers and, and see where you are, see where you want to be, and then change your mindset about it. Mm. You know, it's not negative, but have a plan and have a focus on where you want to be. And, um, there, there really is no magic pill to speed up the process, unfortunately. Um, but I do think one technique, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, if you've ever heard of it, it's popular in personal finance is using a snowball method. Well, I would love you to explain cause I'm, I'm imagining, <laughs> but I don't know for sure. So you lay out all your debts from smallest to largest mm-hmm. and you'd pay, you know, your minimum payment that you have to pay on all of them and mm-hmm. all of your extra money and all of your extra cash goes into your smallest one first. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you pay that off, instead of taking that money that you were paying on that and going and, you know, buying a new banner, or buying a new sign, you take that money and you roll it up into the next smallest one and you continue oh. to pay that one until it's paid off. And then you roll it up again. So as you pay I them really off, like you really start building momentum. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. That's a really clear visual as well for people. Like I know... Like you said, the debt is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think the word debt itself has like negative mm-hmm. connotations. Like okay. automatically when you say debt, people go like, oh, the shame. But yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be. Like technically I'd be in whopper debt right now because I have a mortgage, but like we yeah. want to buy a house. So it's just one of those things that you have mm-hmm. to do. Um, exactly. You know, I know some people, and I do like if I have a friend who was like, I want to start a dance studio, like my recommendation wouldn't be to take out like a hundred thousand dollar loan and set up an amazing complex. Like I always say, you know, start small, kind of figure out the market, like, you know, hire by the hour if you can for at least the first year, just to really kind of see Mm -hmm. if it has legs. It doesn't necessarily mean it's anything wrong with your idea. It just means it might not work in that place. So I just think kind of reducing the amount of risk in relation to that. But, you know, I had to get loans for when I did fit outs and stuff and that's totally fine, but I had Mm -hmm. made sure I 
tested and I'd grown my business to a point where I knew I wouldn't go bankrupt essentially before I was able to pay it back. So I think that snowball effect is really cool though. I really like that visual. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So full out business solutions. What is your favorite part or aspect of the business? Um, really, I just like helping business owners to feel less stressed about their money and their finances. Mm. Um, kind of what we touched on earlier, you know, a lot of people, you go into a business as a business owner, but you don't have a business background and it's, it's not something that we're taught. It's not common everyday knowledge. Um, and to help people be less afraid of it and more comfortable with their money and with their finances and where they're at. Um, I think it can really just take a lot of the burden and the stress off of the owners. And I like to be able to do that for them. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are thinking like, Oh my God, this is something that I need. And I know, um, I have a couple of like close studio owner friends and we've been talking about ways to reduce essentially expenses and just kind of like reviewing, you know, like sometimes I'll have a recurring charge and I'll look at it and I go, what is this even this for? Um, so this year when I've been getting recurring or sorry, not this year, the last few months recurring charges on my card, I've been then going into it and looking whether I can like reduce, get rid of it fully or whether I can like reduce the, the type of account that I have with them. Cause some things you obviously have to do and that's totally fine. Um, but for instance, like I noticed last year when I was comparing my tax returns at my phone, like an internet bill went up like $1,200 and I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck? And so yep. like, that's something that I addressed. And, you know, even though, like, like you said in the past, I was like, Oh, I accidentally spent an, uh, like an unnecessary $1,200, but mm-hmm. it's already happened. I can't get right. rid of that, but I can make those changes for the future. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of ways that I think you can look to, reevaluate and cut cost. I do have a, um, I know of someone who recommends you should cancel your card like once every 18 months. That to me sounds like a nightmare, but I understand <laughs> about in like the process of really kind of just checking what you've actually signed up to. Cause I know yeah. it sounds, but sometimes you'll go, Oh yeah, I needed that. And then you'll just decide, actually, I don't need that scheduling service anymore or whatnot. And then like six months later, you're like, Oh my God, it's been spending $20 a month. I just didn't notice. Um, so yeah, I can understand really wanting to sort of like it feeling really rewarding to talk people through sort of just different techniques and really help them. Because like you said, they're so passionate about what they do, but finance or money might not necessarily be their thing so that you have that expertise is really cool. Awesome. So I only have two more questions for you. So Lastly, what are your, like I always talk about technology and all that jazz. So what are your favorite finance resources, apps or podcasts? Is there anything that you think you have to have, anything that you're loving that's really handy? Please share them with us. So I would definitely recommend a cloud accounting software. Um, Mm -hmm. QuickBooks Online and Xero are two popular ones. Yes. Um, it's not that expensive. It's pretty cheap to get a monthly membership. You can check your finances or do, you know, work on your finances or do what you need to do from anywhere. You can get the app on your phone, on your laptop, on your iPad. Um, so it really gives you the ability to always kind of be on top of your numbers and, Mm. and be able to check them. Um, if you're a person with a lot of receipts and a lot of paper, I recommend HubDoc. Oh, can you say that again? 
Yes, HubDoc, H-U-B-D-O-C. Oh, okay, cool. Is it an app? It is an app and it integrates with accounting software like QuickBooks and Xero. And what you do is anytime, let's say you go out to a restaurant and you have a meal while you're working or, you know, any other type of expense, you go buy supplies and you need to bring them back. Mm -hmm. Instead of keeping your paper receipt, you can just open HubDoc and you take a picture of your receipt with your phone. Mm-hmm. And it will automatically save it. It will automatically scan it and it automatically pushes it into your accounting software for you. <gasps> oh my God. I'm writing this down. Even though I know <laughs> you I, cause I feel like that is, so for me, so clunky. I hold mm-hmm. on to all of my paper receipts, like a good business owner and a good taxpayer. <laughs> and then what I do is my office manager, she manages our zero, which is like the accounting mm-hmm. and whatever. But then I just give her a pile of receipts and she looks at me like, Oh God. And she's always like, always like to me, where's this receipt? And I'm like, I don't know. I must've put it in my pocket. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like a really great way to keep organized. Do you know, is it a paid service or it It is? It's a monthly subscription, but I don't think it's not. It's, it's not. Yeah. Cool. cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think probably the amount of time I would save someone who worked for me going through like an hourly wage that I pay um, crystal versus like this little app. So it, it might work out really well. That's awesome. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I interrupted you. I just got way excited. Anything else? That's <laughs> okay. Um, no, there is one podcast that I would recommend. Um, it's actually a podcast based off of a book. So you okay. could go either way and listen to the podcast or the book, but it's called Profit First. Oh yeah. I, I haven't finished that book, mm-hmm. but I, started okay. it and it is really good but you sorry again I, i'm so sorry I interrupted. <laughs> it goes back to the conversation we were having about pay yourself first and essentially mm-hmm. it's take your profits first yeah don't get your income and then spend all your money and then say oh look i have five dollars in profit no yeah. get your income take your profit first and what's left over that's what you have to spend on your business so that's there, it's just like a little change in the way you think about it, mm-hmm. isn't it? But it's really cool. Yeah. So you go like, I've decided I'm making $20,000 profit this year, which means I can only spend this amount. So right. that's, and so often you get to the end of the year and you go, ah, yeah, like you said, I made on the books a thousand dollars. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you, yeah, profit, yeah. Like it obviously makes sense, but it's just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's what right. forward planning does. It really mm-hmm. just <laughs> sets you up to profit more, which is fantastic. (laughs) So I really want to thank you so much today, uh, Carissa, for joining us. And I'm actually excited after this interview, we wrap it up. Carissa and I are going to try and jump onto Facebook live in our Facebook group that everyone is welcome to join. You can find us at, it is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash business of dance. And you can join us there and sort of we're going to have a little bit of a behind the scenes chat, maybe share another tip or two. I'm really keen to share about this hub doc service. That sounds fantastic. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and sharing that information. That is wonderful. So if anyone wanted to find you or follow you or get in contact or try and you know talk to you about your services, whereabouts could we find you? Um, so you could find me on my website is fulloutbusiness.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could email me, um, Carissa at fulloutbusiness.com. But I know I've got a tricky first name. So if you just head to the website, <laughs> there's some links and everything in there that you need. Or you could find me on Facebook also to search for Full Out Business. 
Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So that Carissa is spelt just in case you guys want to email immediately. It's K A R I S S A. So that's Carissa at fulloutbusiness.com. But thank you so much for joining us today, Carissa. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, it's Claire here. I'm just jumping quickly in the end of the podcast to let you know and to ask you to please join our Facebook group as we are sharing behind the scenes info, videos, extra tips and tricks that we can't always fit into the podcast. So if you're wanting to see that information, please head over and join our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash business of dance. I hope to see you over there. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.